And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty Five is Real Live uh, Room Version. So, if you guys got any questions, let us know, and we'll see if we can address them. I'm Eric. I'm Eric. I'm David O'Brien, Brace Rider. For the Athletic Mode, my co-host, former Braves reliever, Eric O'Flaherty, the left-hander, considering a comeback with the Braves having an urgent need in the uh, bullpen right now. No, I'm Eric. not. Oh, you're not? No, oh, I'm sorry. That was the scuttlebutt down in, uh, down in Oakland that you were that you were uh, working out nearby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, they, if they needed somebody for, for one game a week, I could probably help them out for about 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I throw, it takes me three or four days to feel good again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to work them into the schedule once every five day guy, <laughs> yeah. rotation guy for the, for the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what we got, man. Uh, from the folks out there, uh, it was a it was a strange series in Oakland, and I got to tell you, man, they lose those first two games, and you thought, okay, this is the nadir of the season right here. Now, the first one you can you can dismiss to a degree because of what we talked about, that they got in town at 3 in the morning. They got to the hotel 3, 3.30 in the morning after playing that ESPN night game. And they just looked flat. The hitters looked flat on uh, on Monday in the afternoon game, late afternoon game on Memorial Day at Oakland. The second game, you could not dismiss that way. So that was two in a row that they just looked off. The offense looked terrible. They couldn't put together anything. Um, they came out and one game three and kind of, you know, which is important, as you know, when you have an off day, it's important to get that win, avoid, especially avoid what would have been the first three game winning streak for the A's all year, much less a sweep. Um, and you had an off day in Phoenix before you face a really good Arizona team. So that was really important to come out and do that and to get some stuff, gets to get some, a little bit more contributions from the offense. Ozzy had a two run homer. Uh, Cunha had an RBI single. Cunha had a great catch. They just did some game. They did some things really well. Uh, and they pitched a good game. Schuster pitched a good game again. I think that's huge for the rotation. What he's done since he came back from triple A's pitching in mid threes, uh, ERA in those four starts since then, which is big for a team that was piecing it together with bullpen games every, you know, they had three and nine days. So with him being there and now Soroka makes his first start out there. And uh, we talked about him on the last podcast. All the stuff was good. Um, if you've if you've got a rotation where you can avoid those bullpen games now until you get Max back, then uh, it should be huge potentially for the bullpen as well as the rotation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it, the the really the big thing you want to avoid is is having multiple starters that you can't bank on much from at all. Because even if one of them has a good game, there's gonna and. There's not a high chance of both guys doing well. That's what beats up your pen. Uh-huh. And usually your top three guys, one of them's going to be a little off too. Um, but as far as the Oakland series, I mean, nothing sums up baseball more than that. 
uh, you can never <laughs> you can never count on anything to go the way it's supposed to. And honestly, getting swept would have been the most baseball thing ever because that's just how things work out. You know, I mean, you can you could when I was pitching a lot of times, I'd go through the three, four, five hitters in the lineup, and then you wind up giving up a home run to the eight hole guy that just got called up from AAA and hasn't gotten. Yeah, hit. I yeah. mean that's that's kind of what this series felt like. Um, where it's just there's things that happen in baseball you can't explain, and why they always say that's why you play the games. And you know, uh, and it's not to make an excuse because there is no excuse. They just played poorly in the first couple of games. But the A's, you could tell, were jacked up to play the Braves, who come in ballyhooed, you know, the, the uh, second best record in the league at the time. And uh, the A's, you know, they're playing a lot of young guys who are out trying to show what they can do. They're very aggressive. They've got a big, big holes in the lineup, but they've got two or three really pesky players, including that leadoff guy, and Diaz, Urias Diaz, he can fly. Yep. And he yep. kept doing that. I mean, it, he kept trying to run on them, and they and they obviously had a good scouting report. He threw him out a couple times because he's a, you know, stolen base leader. And um, he was doing some stuff, and they were trying – they were bunting. They had did, – did you see them have consecutive bunts? One, yeah. the, second, the second of those bunts, I was scratching my head when Diaz tried to bunt with two on and none out and popped it out to third. But they were trying to do it. The point is they were trying to do a lot of crazy stuff and aggressive stuff that, that you just don't see every day in the MLB, MLB now, like laying down a bunt that was a perfect bunt when they knew the way the Braves were going to play it. And they laid it down. It was a perfect bunt single. Um, but they were doing a lot of stuff like that. And uh, and, and they, got some, they got some good arms in that bullpen. We talked about that in that first game, what they brought out. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, you lose you lose the first two, but you salvage a, a win out of there, and you go on to Arizona to face a really good Arizona team. Man, this team's for real. They have they are tied with the Dodgers now for the lead in the NL West, which is the best record in the National League, a half game ahead of the Braves. There's nothing fluky about what they're doing, man. This is a good team. They started building last year, and they've taken the next step. They built off that momentum from last year. They're a solid team with the. Uh, I just voted on, you know, player of the month and and uh, rookie of the month and reliever of the month and pitcher of the month. And two of my uh, two of my votes went to Diamondbacks. Really? Their pitcher, their pitcher Kelly and uh, uh, rookie Corbin. Yeah, yeah. he's guy's special. Just special yeah. athlete. And and I mean, their pitching staff, it, they got some they got some studs, man. They got some studs. When you when you look at uh, what Gallon has done, Gallon's record at home is insane. I don't want to scare anybody because I think they I think they face him in the third game Sunday. That would be his every fifth day. Uh, I haven't looked at uh, the release yet on on the announced pitchers, but I'm assuming they face him on Sunday. But his his stats at home, I couldn't believe this when I was looking it up the other day. I'm pulling. I'm calling it up right now. Uh, Gallon at home. <laughs> Get this: six starts. He's six and zero oh with a zero point six six ERA. A lot of sixes there. Zero point seven three WHIP and a one sixty nine opponent's average at home. Zach Gallon has fifty four strikeouts, six walks, and forty one innings. Three runs allowed in six starts. No, he's due for a blow up then at home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can look at it that way because he certainly is overdue for a blow up because that is that's some sheer dominance right there. That's like <laughs> that's like Degrom at his peak dominance right there. Strike yeah. peak in it. Sometimes six you just games. Get so comfortable on a mound. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
it's such a you know it's such a bummer uh, you play for a team and you don't like the home mound or the you know a lot of times it can be the backdrop or something about the setting of that mound that you don't like and every pitcher has different preferences but when you match up and you just love your home mound the, the amount of confidence you throw with um and then you yeah. have some success there you just build on it but that's how guys can get really really hot at home is you know it's a combination of a little bit of momentum early and then just loving that home mound it's interesting because this year in particular, a lot of the very good, the elite at the top of the top uh, starting pitchers around baseball, if you look at their home stats this year, there's a bigger disparity than there normally is. Uh, there's so many guys with just sheerly just dominant uh, numbers at home. Zach Gallon already has Clayton Kershaw at home has a 1.13 ERA and four starts at Dodger Stadium. Uh, a 0.71 whip there. Shane McClanahan, Tampa Bay. 4-0 with a 1.22 ERA and six starts at home. He's got an 089 whip, 180 opponents average there. He's got 48 strikeouts with nine walks and 37 innings at home. And Sonny Gray, he's got a 1.27 ERA and six starts at home, 096 whip, 198 opponents average. He's got 48 strikeouts, nine walks and 35 innings. So these are guys that are clearly are really comfortable in their home mounds. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Tigers. He's got a one six five ERA and five starts at Tiger at uh, Tiger State Comerica Park. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's got overwhelming numbers at home. So, uh, and and the Braves guy Bryce Elder, the Braves leader, who uh, who by the way leads Major League starters, qualified starters in ERA. If you'd have told me that before the season, I'd say that might be the most shocking stat with just over one third of the way through the season. But he's got a two point oh six ERA at home. So he's doing just as good on the uh, home and road. That's nuts. I mean, he, he, I can't remember, but he, did he make the team out of spring training? No. Yeah. <laughs> remember, he, got, he got optioned along with Ian Anderson halfway through March. That's because right. the kids, Dodd and Schuster, were both pitching so well that they became the fifth starter candidates, and they optioned Elder and Anderson. And Sirocco wasn't was still on the uh, wasn't on IL, but was still uh, coming back from the hamstring thing. So, yeah, he got optioned in the middle of March, and he might make the he should make the All Star team. He he's going to unless he falls on his face or gets hurt. Bryce Elder, yeah, he's a huge story, man. But on the road, on the road, Bryce Elder has got a one point seven six ERA and five starts. He's three and zero on the road. And he's just doing it, you know, not like these other guys with the huge strikes to walk out, strikeouts to walk ratio. He's just doing it, getting ground, getting tons of ground balls, uh, pitching to contact. He's only giving up 23 hits and 30 innings on the road. You know, a nice 1.0 for a whip, 209 opponents average, but not the numbers like some of these guys. He's not just blowing away people. He's a pitcher. He's a pitcher, man. He throws 90. Yeah, that's just what he does. But so, yeah, but the overall, the overall numbers for Elder. Yeah, he's still leading major league starters in ERA. He's three and zero with a one nine two ERA and eleven starts. One one six WHIP, two thirty six opponents average, which is lower than all the other leaders in that category. Uh, you know, among the uh, ERA leaders, but still solid. But you know, he just, like I said, he's just doing from contact, drawing, you know, deucing ground balls, making big pitches when he needs them. Uh, but I don't think it's fluky. If you look at his Babbitt and all that and the hard hit rates, they're not, you know, they're all good. They're all really good. He's just a solid pitcher. But Sonny Gray is second on that list, by the way, at 1.94. They're the only two below two. ERA. 
yeah, Sonny, Sonny has some of the best stuff I've ever seen. I mean, just the, the movement on his ball is crazy. I'm not surprised to see him up there. Sonny's got 69 strikeouts and 24 walks uh, in 60 innings this year. Elder for the year, 56 strikeouts, 19 walks in 65 innings. Among the leaders, he's the only guy that doesn't have a strikeout in inning or higher, basically. Eovaldi's right, 70 strikeouts and 74 innings. But uh, Elder's the lowest in, in, of the strikeout rate, guys. Yeah, but he, you know, I mean, we've, I feel like. But it's I've, funny enough. I mean, it's enough. I feel like I've said this a lot, but you just, you watch him when he gets in trouble, he doesn't buckle. He just keeps making pitches and he gets that double play ball. Um, it seems like, you know, they're really well timed and. Yeah. The game's kind of, the strikeout's kind of taken over the game, but I mean, he's showing, he's, he's a great example for young pitchers that you don't have to strike people out to be a great major league pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, because his strikeout rate is behind guys like, uh, you know, Giolito and, and Flaherty, but he's been twice the pitcher they've been this year, you know? Yeah. Like Corbin Burns. I mean, his strikeout rate behind Corbin Burns is having a bad year uh, by his standards. Is that guy <laughs> one of the nastiest in the game. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We'll see where the Braves are, but I, I think the biggest things out, out of the, I mean, obviously losing two out of three at Oakland was terrible, but uh, the positives come out of there clearly is Soroka's return. And then the big one, which I thought was one of the bolder moves you're going to see a front office make. They call up A.J. smith Shaver, who we talked about with the start that he got off to. Remember, he had the five scoreless starts in a double yeah. A, was promoted faster than way faster than even Spencer Strider, who had four promotions in one year. And that was kind of unprecedented. Started the year and low A ended it in the major leagues. Smith Shaver, 20 years old, was a high school kid in the 2021 draft, was pitching, was in high school two years ago, was called to the Bra- called up by the Braves, added to their bullpen in Oakland. He hasn't pitched yet, but he's up. And dude has 110 minor league innings to his name and started pitching, pitching. As a junior in high school, he's been pitching for four years in his life. He must be a freak athlete. He's a total freak athlete. Big time college, uh, big time college recruit as a high school quarterback can supposedly throw the ball in the air like 70, 75 yards on a football field. A football, a football. Jesus. Yeah. And from his knees, like 50 yards, supposedly the football. Yeah, he's a stud. Uh, I was talking to AJ Mentor, the other AJ. They now have two AJs in the bullpen. That's not confusing, huh? But I asked AJ Mentor about him because AJ worked out with him in Texas in uh, 
he didn't even know he was in the Braves minor league system until he ran into him at APEC in Fort Worth, the APEC uh, gym in Fort Worth. There's a second APEC that started in Tyler where, uh, where AJ members from, but now there's one in Fort Worth and he was working out there, ran into, uh, Smith Chauver and said, Oh, you're in the system. Ah, yeah. You're a, you're a type of group, blah, blah, blah. So they start working out together and they played golf together this summer as well. And they are in the off season as well. And mentor goes, and he can hit bombs. And I go, how far? And he goes, he goes, I'm telling you, 340 or more. He could be in a long drive competition if you focused on it. Yeah, when you said he started pitching four years ago and he's already in the big leagues, it's like he's one of those people, I promise, that's just like there's not anything you ask him to do physically. Like his his brain yeah. says to do it and his body just does it. Yeah. And you're you're around guys like that when you're in pro ball and you know, they're just they're just different as far as their hand-eye coordination, but what really whatever skill it is, there's certain guys. I mean, it pisses me off because you know like for golf or something, I look like a goon trying to play golf, just clumsy, missing the ball, doing dumb shit, and people can't believe yeah. I was a pro athlete. And then on the <laughs> other end of the spectrum, there's guys like this who probably picked up golf in in three weeks, and he was probably breaking ninety. Yeah, like Smolsey. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're just good at everything they do. Yeah, and he's he's about he's about six four and about 210 and he's ripped i mean the dude's the kid's got it yeah he's put together uh not like big just wiry but big upper yeah. body that kind of thing just like you know one of those one of those guys that was the greatest athlete in your high school but yeah. we asked him about I said, <laughs> it actually I turned him, into somebody yeah and i asked him I said, well what position were you playing in baseball before you started pitching he goes i was playing a little third base he goes nothing crazy my friends were on the team so i went out and played some that's what he had was his baseball background that <laughs> just wanted to hang and now he's pitching in a major leagues at 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to hang with the boys and didn't want to exactly. miss out. It did yeah, during, the, during the football off season. That's what basically what he was doing. That's insane. Cause you see these kids that are playing year round baseball from the time yeah. they're eight, you know, I mean, exactly. that's, a, that's actually a good story for some of these parents that most of it is just God given yeah. talent. And think about the mileage that this kid does not have on his arm, that these kids yeah. have been playing travel ball since 10, 12 years old. Some of them pitching basically year round. Yeah. And they, mean, the logic now is they want to get Tommy John out of the way. Yeah. Most kind of insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So some of these kids that are literally having Tommy John surgery in high school. This kid didn't even start pitching until his junior year in high school. I, <laughs> so, I can't explain how ridiculous that is. Yeah, I mean it's uh, like you don't. I mean you run into some freaks, obviously covering covering teams and you're playing with guys. You've run into all these freak athletes that were the best athlete in their high school and all this, and now they're just another guy in the major. But you don't run into guys that are this kind of. I mean this is like a movie. This guy, you start pitching and you're junior. You don't even throw. You don't even pitch before that, and you barely even play baseball. You know, and he was going to go to Texas Tech and play or Texas A and M and play both. And then he got drafted. Baseball. And the Braves gave him a million dollars, nearly a million, like nine ninety seven or something, like four times the slot value. Took him in the seventh round because they thought they could sign, you know, give him a way over slot bonus. So that's yeah. why he went. That's why he went baseball. You know, he's like, oh, you're going to give me a million dollars? Okay, I'm willing to try that then. <laughs> I think one of the only guys I, I could think of that I was around like that was Jeff Samarja. Yeah, he, right. he didn't pick up baseball late, but he was a guy that. Whatever sport he decided to play, he was probably going pro. Yeah, um, yeah. So, by the way, it is uh, it is Soroka. 
against Gallon on Sunday. Now, that's going to be some much must-watch for a couple of reasons, obviously. You want to see what Soroka does now in his second start. Should be a lot more indicative of where he is than is throwing you for the first time in three years in your first start. It's going to be in a good environment. Sunday afternoon game in Arizona against a really, really good pitcher. So it's going to be that's a tough assignment, but it's going to be fun to see what how what that brings out of Soroka. Yeah, I think, you know, getting the first one out of the way is something everybody wants to do. And honestly, I mean, he, he threw the shit out of the ball, I thought. He just had – it was like a 10-pitch span where he got hurt. And the rest of it was – if if you would have played that start for me and asked me what year it was, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the difference from everything else I saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody asked, let's see, Cooper. Cooper C. asked, Love the pot. Are you worried about the impending regression of Elder? Ranks bottom percentiles and stuff plus metrics. So that's what we were just talking about. It's why I I, I said it's not a fluke. Now, I don't think he's going to be the ERA later. No, I think he'll end up closer to three than two, obviously. And and maybe he is over three. Still could have a hell of a season. But there's nothing in the in – the, if you watch him pitch, it's not like they're making 15 plays behind him every game, you know? Or it's not like he's they're hitting they're hitting balls that are being robbed of home runs every every inning or anything. They're getting he's drip, he's inducing a lot of ground balls. We're just so used to now pitchers going about it a different way that we forget that there were pitchers who were really successful that didn't strike out over a guy every inning. Some really great pitchers that didn't. And he's kind of a throwback in that regard. He uses all his pitches. Uh, that's something that he has that most pitchers don't. He's got like four good pitches like yeah plus pitches which most guys have two plus pitches nowadays well he's got a great defense behind him and two really good catchers behind the plate yeah um one thing that used to piss me off i always got called lucky you know every year because of uh they'd say my batting average on balls and play was low or was too high or whatever it was it wasn't a good score you know they, they that because i didn't strike guys out i shouldn't have the era i had and and this was while I was good. I'm not talking about the end where I sucked, but it was, you know, it would piss me off because I could go out and break three bats. Mm-hmm. And you get these just soft ground balls right to your infielders, but you'd score poorly on these metrics because you didn't strike anybody out. And I'd be like, right. you know, there's a, when you have tight movement and you have the ability to miss barrels, but, but pitch to contact, mm-hmm. there, there's a skill in that. And, uh, you know, stuff plus or whatever it is. What about balls plus? You know, he, mm-hmm. he goes out and deals and he never, the guys that, that those innings fall apart on him when they can't strike guys out are guys that crack and fall behind 2-0 trying to do too much right. and then right. make a bad pitch and they don't have the ability to miss a barrel so they give up a two-run double. But I watch him pitch and he's in total control at all times. Yeah. Is he going to be the ERA leader? I mean, probably not. There's, there's some really good pitchers and he might regress a little, but... When I watch him, it's there's nothing fluky about it. Yeah, I mean, at what point is it not fluky? He started doing this last year, and everybody dismissed it and said it was against the Mets and the Marlins. Or, or I'm sorry, the Marlins and the Nationals, which it was. It was five really good starts against those teams. Now everybody dismisses it, and we're we're not five starts into the season. We're 12 starts in, man. I mean, that's yeah. he's over a half season now of pitching at this level or very close to it. 17 starts. At what point do you say this is who he is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's not a small sample size. No. And, uh, you know, you can uh, – that double play ball? Yeah. 
it's it's a game changer, and he has the ability to, yeah. to continue to get ground balls that. I mean, even some of some of the ground balls are hit hard, but if the ball's on the ground, I mean, you can get two out of it. He lets his defense work, um, and, and this, like I know, I've said it already, but for me, just watching his uh, demeanor on the mound, there's he never looks overwhelmed or like he's trying too hard. He looks like he truly believes what what, what a good pitcher needs to believe is that you're one pitch away every time he's in a jam, and it's crazy just your mindset. Um, having the, the right attitude on the mound, how well it can work out, how many times you tell yourself, you know, if you give up a leadoff double or something, you know, I can get out of this or I'm only letting one, but it's all about your mindset when you pitch and he seems to have the right one. Yeah. Any update regarding Dylan Lee? Well, he's still traveling with the team working out, getting therapy. So he's not out rehab, start a rehab assignment yet. So He's not. It's not imminent that he's returning. They're being careful because they can need him for the stretch drive, and they last. It's one of those where the last thing they can afford is to have it come back and become a lingering thing. So, um, you know, he was with the team in Oakland, and I'm sure will be in Arizona as well. So, but nothing, nothing yet as far as an imminent return date. Uh, another said AJC article suggested benching Harris and or Eddie. Thoughts? I didn't see the article, so and a lot of times when people paraphrase these they're they're they they uh, represent something that wasn't exactly written that way but i find it hard to believe that they were suggesting benching michael harris but if they were i strongly disagree with that uh eddie i could see benching him or platooning him or whatever you want to do well that's what he's doing now but uh eddie has not played very well he did rob a home run in oakland but no his offense has been bad Harris, are you kidding me? This was uh, uh, the way that this guy's going to get back to what he was doing last year is by playing every day, not by being. You got to hit your way out of it, right? And I mean, if anything, you'd option him to AAA, and I think that would be a major statement. He would have to really struggle for a while longer for that to happen. He's shown signs of coming out of this. He's hitting the ball the other way some. That's what he does when he's really good, like last year. Um, And the defense has still been. Made some great plays out in uh, Oakland. No, I just don't think it's to that point yet. This guy had a, had two injuries at the start of the year. Both of them we ended up being bigger than we thought they were. The hamstring thing lingered. The, the back thing, uh, the hamstring after the back. Uh, the back was obviously a little bit worse than we than they led on initially, and it affected him. Uh, I think in the off season he should probably focus on getting back to the weight he was at last year. Not that he got fat because he didn't. He got big. He got to me. To me, too muscular. He looks like a fullback in the lower body. But that's either here nor there. We'll see what he does the rest of the year. But benching him? No, no freaking way, man. I mean, not not right now. This guy's this guy. You need this guy to be good down the stretch. Uh, you got this guy. You gave this guy a huge contract last summer. You don't give up on him in effect by after one month coming off the IL. No, and it, you know it's, you got to you you with a young player. You know, I mean. And you see it a lot of times. Guys come up and they're just ridiculously hot, or they make some hitting adjustment and they get hot. But young players go through this, and you have to let them work through it because the the value is in learning how to get out of this. It's not in getting sent down or getting and figuring out in AAA and then coming back up. It's a, you start all over. You have to learn how to make these adjustments in the big leagues, and that's what makes a player good long term. But I like Pilar or Hilliard more in uh, left field than I do Eddie right now. That's for sure. He's just not doing a whole lot for the team. But uh, strange isn't the word. I'm not sure what that was about. I probably said something was strange. Uh, 
Congrats, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, it's, a th- it's our 300th. Apparently, it's our 300th episode, which I did not know until Cam noted it on these, uh, in a comment wow. here. So, happy 300th, Eric. Hey, thanks. A toast. Feels uh, good. Feels see. great. It feels good to be alive and <laughs> and on the air. Be sure to drop the question. Uh, let's see. Uh, they said why? why Rios is on the IL and AA and AAA. Seems like he's worth taking a flyer on when healthy. Well, they already took a flyer on. He's on the team. Uh, if he was if he was healthy, he'd be up. Yeah, I asked about him the other day when they brought up Smith Shaver because I thought that would have been and uh, just was told that he was on the IL, but did not delve further into why he's on the IL because he's obviously hurt or he wouldn't be on it. So, but uh, Smith Shaver, man, that's that's a I can't wait to see this guy pitch. I, you know what surprised me because. If they followed their M.O., what they normally do, I thought for sure we would have seen Smith Shaver. If not, the first game would have been a bit much because he arrived in the second inning, literally. That would yeah. have been a bit much to throw him in a tight game in the, you know, when he arrived in the seventh inning and the second inning. But I thought we'd see him in game two or, or his second game here, which was uh, uh, their, the, the series finale when they were ahead 4-2. I thought we were going to see him. Uh, like in the eighth inning. But you know what? Snit obviously wanted to win that game so bad. Before the off yeah. day, to avoid being swept, all that, that he went with his big guns. He went with Mentor, and he was determined to get Iglesias back out there, clearly after Iglesias shit the bed the night before, because he brings Iglesias back out for a day game after a night game. And he deals. And he was great. So that worked. Yep. That, that move really worked well, because Iglesias goes into that off day, team goes in feeling much more confident. He's looked like himself in that, yeah. in that finale. So. I thought you can't do that. You you know the right. message you're sending if you call a guy up right. <laughs> and have right. hand him the game with the game on the line. You know the message you're yep. sending to the rest of your pen. Like You can't exactly. do that. If the starter had only gone like four innings that day, I think we would have yeah. seen him. Or five. Yeah, you can get away with, with early in the game with a lead. But if you go late game lead and you call a, and you put a rookie in and hand the game to him. Yeah. And all these guys have been your guys for years. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a tough move. I, I wouldn't have seen that happening. Especially if he goes in and stumbles. Can you imagine? You got A.J. Mentor sitting in the pen and A.J. Smith-Shaver giving it up in his first game. <laughs> so Yeah, that's not uh, happening. And if Schuster had went five and two-thirds, if he'd have gone, if he'd have gone four and two-thirds, maybe you've seen him in an inning. But they, they used Jimenez to get through that, and then they had Lutke. And that was another one that uh, – um, Oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the wrong one. I'm sorry. Yeah, you had Schuster went five and one third this time, and and I nice start too. Gave only gave up three hits. He had four walks, but you know what? Watching the game, it never felt like it really got the, that uh, that he lost his command. They were all close, you know, the walks, and he only had one yeah. strikeout. But he pitched a soft contact the whole game. I mean, there was yeah. it was it was a nice game, it really was. And he only and he's really efficient. You know what's a weird stat? That guy had four walks in five and a third innings, and he only threw 68 pitches. Yeah. I mean, you get your early outs. If you have tight movement and you make good pitches, you get a lot of uh, first or second pitch outs. You know, I'm not going to say walks are good, but they don't kill you if you're doing that pitch count-wise. Yeah, then he brought Jesse in for two-thirds, and Jesse did what he does. But he's having a great year, man. It's going to be 40 in August. Uh, (laughs) The mentor, uh, Anderson and Iglesias each pitching in. And I think Snit just wanted all those guys to, you know, have a good outing before this. And we've talked about it. That's what Snit's loyal to his guys. And he knows those guys are all 
Mentor and Anderson and Iglesias are all going to have to pitch really well in this pen because the pen has been a disappointment overall, uh, no doubt. And those are three of the guys that uh, he's going to have to rely on down the stretch, like along with Dylan Lee, obviously, when he comes back. But uh, you're going to have to get a lot out of those guys. Yeah, I feel like most of the pens, you know, kind of spiral started when Dylan got hurt. Yeah. I mean, I think you just, it's, it's hard to put a value on it, but he throws yeah. so many big innings. And every time, every time that, you know, the bullpen's a unit. So every time a game gets blown open in the, the sixth or seventh or that, that last out of the eighth, you know, those, those situations that might not get all the glory, you know, I mean, it just puts more and more pressure on the rest of the pen. And yeah, the last thing the bullpen wants is to be a story ever. It's, it's like, you just want to blend in, get your job done and let all, let the, you know, let Acuna get the, the the press for it and let the starters get the press but you don't want your bullpen to be a story and every time anybody in the bullpen messes up yeah it's it just starts turning into a thing and that's your whole goal is to make it not be a thing like it was the night before when uh yep iglesias shit to bed um what 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 smith Schauber could do because here's a guy who stretched out and like snit said before it's all said and done he might make a start i mean you could see him in the rotation if you have an injury but what he can do right now is fill that really valuable role, uh, multi-inning guy that Tonkin was doing so well before. You know, they, yep. they leaned on him heavy, and he's shown some shown some wear and tear down the stretch. And then uh, and Lukey really had some terrible outings before he got DFA'd. So Tonka, so now you got a fresh arm with Smith Shaver that can give you those three. He could go in and give you three innings right now, and that's invaluable, man, for saving the other guys in the pen to pitch those. Uh, those one inning stints, you know, oh, now you so got, used to have, even if you got a game where you're down that. two and you can have him eat, eat two innings and keep it close. Uh huh. You know, that's, that, that saves you another reliever that you don't have to pitch that you can pitch tomorrow in a tight game. So, you know, I, I mean, it all cue and that every time, yep. you know, you use yep. him for save him for really valuable situations at Colin. Yep. But anyway, so it, it could be it could be big. Let's see. It's gonna. Be, I'm, I, I still want to see him pitch against major league hitters because man, that's a rapid, rapid, rapid ascent. I mean, that's a gamble. There's no doubt about it. You know, they're crossing their fingers when they haul him up. They're not doing it with 100 percent confidence. They're doing it with with we've seen what he can do, and if he can if he can bring that dominance from the minor league level up to the majors, he could be he could help us win, and that's all that's important. You know, that's the most important thing. We've said it a thousand times, not winning in the minors and not, you know, if the kid is as is, is ready to do this, it could be huge for his development. If it's not and he has a couple of bad outings, then it's so easy. You just option him back down. Yeah, I mean, you got to be you got to be feeling pretty good about the move to do it at this stage that fast. I mean, they see something that that makes him pretty damn confident he can handle yeah. handle the pressure of the big leagues. Well, great stuff to begin with. <laughs> he yeah. throws 98. He sits 95, 96, and 98. Good slider. Good curveball that he's developed in the last year. Changeup was his third pitch, uh, but now it's kind of moved. It's, they've bumped that for a curveball, and it's been really a difference maker for them, they say. So that's going to be interesting to see. But uh, So he's got the stuff to start. I mean, and, and like I said, if, if something were to happen, another injury happened to the rotation – we could we could definitely see him moved into the rotation while he's still stretched out. And, yeah, it'd be and maybe, great to see the whole Strider thing play out again. Yeah, and they could always, if they wanted to, when they get Dylan Lee back, you know, get healthy again in the pen, they could they could they could move him back down to AAA while he's still stretched out, moving back into the rotation. Because if you keep him up here for you know a couple of Too months, long. he's not going to be stretched out, obviously. Yeah, 
So, but right now he can he can kind of move between roles if they want to do that with him. But he's here to help him win. That's why he's up. So, you got to appreciate the aggression of the front oh, yeah. office. I mean, Alex th- not a lot of organizations man. would do this. Alice is not scared. There's no doubt. I mean, they saw we saw it with Strider how fast they bumped him up, and this is like that times ten. I mean, this is Strider was a college pitcher, you know, it was like twenty two, and this this kid's twenty. I mean, twenty. He, he's the youngest pitcher they. He'll be the youngest uh, pitcher they've had pitching a game since Julio Tehran, who was like three months uh, younger than this guy when he when he debuted. That was Nuts. a decade over a decade ago. Feels like yesterday. Julio just pitched for the Brewers, I think. Yeah, he He's did. with somebody. He's doing well. Yeah, he wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad outing. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's like Strider's fastball could sit 98 if it's mostly relief. And yep, yep. It's going to be a lot like Strider. How they used Strider early last year. They used him in that role for two months. And uh, and remember, they moved Strider from from uh, nearly two months in the pen to to the rotation and really had him. He was kind of semi-stretched out at that point, but they had him, you know, they, they watched his pitch count for the first couple of starts, but then he was just another starter. So um, they could do the same thing with this kid. They're, uh, those young arms, man, they could take a little bit more. Yeah, especially uh, when you haven't even pitched until you're a junior in high school. <laughs> no doubt, man. Is Matt Olson leading the NL in strikeouts a concern? Do you snip, see Snip moving him down to four or five hole in the lineup? Uh, no, it's not a concern when he's hitting for the power that he's hitting for. Uh, ideally, no, you don't want him striking out that many times. But, I mean, I don't know how it could be. A con- well, I guess I should answer, what, what's the answer if it is a concern? Tell him not to strike out, you know. I don't think it helps really to move him down the lineup because that's been one of the most effective parts of their lineup when they when it's going is the top, what they can do because people are scared to, to you know to pitch around uh, Cunha. You know, you can bring up Olsen and and he could take you deep, man. I mean, as long as he's hitting for this much power, I think that you know eventually the strikeouts he's going to he's going to start to limit that or start to uh, they're going to decline a little bit the strikeout rate, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could move him to four or five uh, if you wanted to, but I don't know that the the other options. What do you, what do you, who are you going to move up? Austin Riley is, you know, he's had his struggles, but I know a lot of people want to shit on what Matt Olson does. I think it's mostly people that just wish Freddie was here. Well, Freddie ain't here and he ain't coming back. Okay, he's not coming back. Matt Olson's here for the long term, and he's a damn good player. Um, what does he strike out too much this year? Yes, Matt Olson's the first to say that. He said that it's un, it, it's not sustainable. It's unacceptable. He said that himself. Um, 
but he's also walked 39 times with those 75 strikeouts. And I'm looking at the, the walks. His walks are higher than anybody else in the top mm, 15 in home runs. For the next highest walks total, you got to go down to Kyle Schwarber with 40, and he's got 13 homers to Olsen's 20. And how many strikeouts Schwarber's got? 70 in 194 AB. So he's right there with, he's got 15 more strikeouts than Olsen, or I'm sorry, five less strikeouts than Olsen, but he's got, uh, Olsen's got an 890 OPS to Schwarber's 699. So Olsen's, when he doesn't strike out, is really effective at bats, is what I'm saying. I mean, he's the guy's, yeah, he strikes out too much, but he's got an 890 OPS, you know, 357 OBP. The, the, the OBP is still 357 is not great, but it ain't bad at all. No, it's not bad. And you got the, the good thing is you got Acuna in front of him who's in scoring position at first base and he's going to steal bags. So he kind of nullifies a lot of the unproductive outs. 357 OBP in today's game is pretty damn good. So if you yeah. want to strike out that many times, as long as you, I, I, it's 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 acceptable if you have that many walks and, and, the, and the home run leaders. I'm looking at OBPs. Pete Alonso leads the majors with 20 home runs. His o, his OBP is 332. Okay, he's only got 50 strikeouts, but he's got an OBP that's that's how many points lower than 25 points lower than Olson's. That's a lot, man. He's got yeah, an 877 got, OPS to Olson's 890 OPS. Yeah, that's. I mean that that seems to be. You know, I'm not I'm not super up on how everything's weighed, but OPS seems to be like the go-to for how you're valuing a hitter and 890 is pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, Alonzo's 877, but OBP wise, I mean, Aaron judge. Yeah. He's got nice old school, huge OBP 410, which is huge by these standards. What back in the day, I mean, Chipper was 300, 400, 500 every year slash line basically is what his career number is, but it's not the way it is today. There's not that many guys with 400 OBPs anymore at all. And these home run leaders, I'm looking at them. The OBP from top to bottom and the home run leaders is 332. Then Judge is 410. Muncie's 338. Matt Olson 357. Then you're back down. Solaris 333. You know? Yeah. 342. Shohei Otani. Otani's is what 15 points lower than uh, than Olson's. You know? Oh, you got to go to oh, Jordan Alvarez is the, is 389. He's the only other one up there above Olson, rather other than uh, Darren Judge. But yep. Mookie Betts is 358. Mookie Betts is 358, the same OVP as Olsen. Yeah. So anyway, long, very long wind of way of saying, no, it's not ideal. It's too many strikeouts. But as long as you're walking that much and getting hits and getting doubles and home runs, then it's acceptable what he's doing. He's yeah, if he wasn't, if he wasn't getting walks, then it's a problem. But if you're getting right. on, getting on. Right. And he's getting walks, man. He's got uh, – Olsen is uh, fourth in the majors in walks right now with 39 behind Juan Soto, who's a walks machine every year, Adley Rushman, who's a young phenom with the O's, and Schwerber, who's like strikes out or walks or hits a home run. He's like the ultimate three uh, outcomes guy this year. So let me see. We were losing 11-4 on Sunday and then let him in just for the fan favorite. Um, what are they talking about? Oh, I think that was about Culberson. That's been a mystery to me. I'm really surprised. We have not seen Culberson get in a game yet. 
Now, I know it's different than it was in the DH or, or in the uh, pitcher's hitting days because Culberson would have pinch hit, obviously, by now, or pinch ran or both. Uh, and it's really a different game with the DH. But still, there were a couple of times that I thought for sure Snit would get him in there. But obviously, he's just here as an emergency guy that Snit likes having around because he has not found time to get him in. Uh, he likes the bats better with uh, Pilar and Hilliard. And and for good reason with Pilar. I mean, they are both of them actually. They do. They're a lot more dangerous than Culberson is with the bat. There's no doubt. Yeah, and it depends. You know what your long term plan is. If if you want to keep those guys hot, you know they're not going anywhere. Then you know Charlie just kind of gets the short end of the stick. But I'm sure Snit's got his reasoning for everything. Yeah. Anyway, let's see uh, a couple more here before we get out of here. Coming in, uh, giving it up with Joey Devine 2.0. That's a good point. AJ Smith Shaver coming in and giving it up would be would have been Joey Devine 2.0. Yeah, not in nearly as big a situation, but yes, I, I know what you're saying. It's like that's what and that's what Eric said. Same thing. Um, and they're pointing out which of the AJC story. Danny Young has looked better than some of the other relievers. Makes the lefty hitters really uncomfortable with the side. Our Mangle was the only one who made Jordan Alvarez look silly, hoping he could stay up longer next time. Yeah, he's just purely a victim of options. There's nothing else to it. That's it. And that's what sucks in today's game. But it's a reality, and you can't ignore it. You can't just make those – if you make those moves uh, based on purely on performance, then you end up – that's uh, cutting off the nose by your face because then you lose a guy on options who maybe the fans don't think is all that great. But you don't want to lose bullpen depth, especially at a time right now when you can't afford to lose bullpen depth, guys that you want to keep. You're going to lose a guy who doesn't have options. If you keep Danny Young up, who does have options, and you could send him down without worrying, if you send a guy down who has who doesn't have options, he gets claimed just so you can keep Young up, that's down the line, that's going to bite you in the ass probably, or you're going to have to make a move to bring in another trade to bring in another reliever. So it sucks, but, but he's – it happens all the time that guys get sent down who are better than guys who are here purely because they have options and they can be sent down without being exposed to waivers. Yeah. You got to be absolutely dominant to avoid that uh, carousel. You know, you can't can't be good. You have to be really, really great. Yeah. But I agree. Most most guys go through it and you just got to take it on the chin. Yeah, I agree. He, He deserves to be on this, on this, in this bullpen right now. He can help him right now. Uh, and we'll see him again. He'll be back before much longer. But it, you know, it hurts because the uh, when they extended the option period and and the uh, or the IL, they, they limited the options in a year and the IL period was expended, was extended for pitchers because teams like the Braves and the Rays expertly manipulated the old system and they would option a pitcher down for 10 days or, or, or uh, I'm sorry, put a guy on the 10 day IL. Now the yeah. pitching now and, and you could you could do that and and ch- keep churning the bullpen and even the rotation they kept churning that fifth spot in the rotation, but that changes when it now that it's a 15 day IL for pitchers instead of 10, and now that the options even though it's still a lot five in one year, you're already over halfway there with like uh, uh, Dodd you know so you, you at a certain point you can't just can't send them up and down willy nilly you know you do at a certain point, you have to pay attention to that, uh, and you can't just keep doing it and churning it like you used to. So, But, yeah, ex- ex- expanding the the uh, IL period for pitchers hurt. Hurt teams like the Braves and the Rays, who were so good at churning that. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it's, it is unfair to the players. Yeah. You know, guys that, guys that get stuck in that. I mean, that 
the, the rules, the rule, you got to take it on the chin, but it, it's, it can get really discouraging for, for guys to pitch well and still get options. I understand that. So they had to make that change. Uh, and one more question. Once somebody said, I hate that Darno, Trevor, Trevor said, Trevor says, I hate that Darno isn't getting more ABs. Do you both agree? If so, what lineup changes should, should be made to help get him in the lineup more? It's pretty clear why he's not getting them. So I agree. It sucks that he's not getting more ABs because he's a great stick, man. I mean, he's a big clutch hitter. The problem is Ozuna was just a candidate for player of the month, legitimate candidate for NL player of the month, had a huge month that the Braves, you didn't dare take him out of the lineup while he's going like that, which is what they've been waiting for for basically two years. You know, yeah. and he had like nine, he had nine home runs in a month. So you got to wait for him to cool off before you start using Darno again in the DH role. Um, and, and Ozuna did cool off in this last week some and had a bad series out there. So we'll see. If he keeps that up for another, you know, several games, has a bad series out in Arizona, maybe you see Darno back in that DH role, at least from time to time. And, and according to the pitching matchups, that's what I'd like to see if Azuna keeps struggling like he has in the last week. But he had a, a monster month, Azuna did, and you want to ride that as long as you can. Yeah, both you have to ride the hot hand. Yeah, both for both because you're you're not getting some offense from some other guys in the lineup, and because we've talked about it a thousand times, you got to you got to think about his trade value too. If you get healthy and, and he's hitting and you get near that trade deadline, I don't see him putting a hole in their lineup by trading him during the season. But at least you have that option. And particularly in the offseason, it becomes an option if he has a good year. And you got to let him hit if he's going to have a good year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, I think that was a good one. We appreciate all the questions. Thanks, everybody, for participating. It's awesome you guys get on here with us. And sorry if we didn't, uh, if we missed any good questions on there. I think we tried to get to most of them, most at least to the uh, ones that were generally similar. Um, but that's it. 755 is real. And we'll talk to you after after we see what happens in a big series out in Arizona. Going to be interesting games. And also a huge series with the Dodgers and Yankees. Just I'm interested to see how that goes out there in L.A. Yeah. as well. Yep. Just, see, just seeing the Yankees at Dodger Stadium seems kind of cool, you know. It does. It, yeah. All right, everybody. Right. 755 is real. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 